Welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it four episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yes, this week we watched the final four episodes of The Guest. Yeah! Uh... <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, I can't think of how to improve the final episode, but it was a wild ride. It was a bit much. Yeah, I, so I watched it today, um, and I was... My boyfriend came home from work and was like, how was your day? And I watched... I had watched the finale and I said, it was fine. I finished that K-drama. It was... It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh-huh. is also, like, kind of a mi- misrepresentation of how I feel, because I didn't, I mean, I didn't feel so bland on this K-drama that I didn't like it or or, or wouldn't count it as a, a great K-drama. I think it's good for, like, being the first of its, I guess, genre, sort of, dealing with exorcism mm-hmm. and everything. But it was a real trip there at the end. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can't say I didn't cry at the end. I did. Clearly, I was emotionally invested in this drama. I was into it. But I think that's what always gets me the most riled up, I guess, is when I cry over an ending and then they're like, psych, that's not the end. (laughs) Yeah. No. (laughs) They pulled the old rope-a-dope on us, and I don't care for that. I... I guess, yeah, it was not that I didn't like... Let's talk about the very ending, I guess. Like, just the very ending, and then we can work our way back. Yeah, okay, we're in it. Um, It's not that I disagreed with them bringing back Hua Pyeong on the basis of not liking his character. I did actually like his character a lot. I thought that his character was one of the best deeply flawed but still likable character portrayals I've ever seen because he was a deeply flawed person who had a slew of issues that he was trying to wade through and he was still so likable none of his flaws made him feel bad or like a, a bad person that I wasn't rooting for at any point in time which is something that I think they did an awesome job with um it was that they gave this kind of emotional, really well-closed loop of an ending that made it feel like he had actually solved a massive problem in a really special way that no one else could have by, I guess, making himself a prison. And then they took that away and kind of made it like a, well, I survived, but it looks like that dude might be back to murder everyone later. I... (laughs) Why? Like... Like, we knew this whole drama that they never stood a chance against Park Il-do or whatever the spirit was once named. And it was so... It all came to a head with that speech at the end where he's embodied in Hua Pyeong and he's saying, I've been around far longer than humans. It was not Park Il-do that created me. I am evil incarnate of the East Sea. It's like... That's all very cool. I liked that. And it made sense to be like, Hua Pyeong still can't defeat it. It is much more powerful than any human, even if it's bound within him and he dies. But it would have, I don't know, it would have been so satisfying, just as satisfying as seeing the three of them back together to say, but maybe he did defeat evil once and for all by doing this this ceremony and it was just so perfectly done the scene in the ocean where he stabs into detective kong's hand like he stabs his eye out and she puts her hand in the way oh that just felt like such a like a a scar that you know she'll look at every day and think of one of her best friends who she tried so desperately to save in his final moments and then you see Father Matthew going into the water and doing his final exorcism, knowing that he's going to die for his best friend and his best friend being like, 
no, you are not going to die for me. I'm going to die for you, bud. And then sinking into the water. It was just so well wrapped up. And to be like, no, they didn't defeat evil. But at least the three of them are together. It's like, yeah. okay, cute. But like, I would rather they have won, I think. Yeah, that was kind of, yeah, the thing with me too is it, I was actually really disappointed because before we found out that he was evil incarnate and did it and he was grandpa, but like not really grandpa, did 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 before we got through all of those didas, um, there was a point where they were told that two of them would die. And there was something really cool to me about them living as kind of like a will show you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I was hoping that that would happen at that point in time, that they would all live. And that could be the way that good defeated evil mm. was that none of them were predestined to be killed by this thing. And they still were in charge of their own fates and and the good in them could overcome the bad or whatever. Um, which also would be very, very good, except then they kind of introduced the plot twist, which changed it. And yeah, I kind of liked the idea of like you said, maybe he couldn't defeat evil once and for all, but he could lock it away in a, in a sense that would make it more difficult for it to come back. It couldn't just come back on a whim when it saw a boy that looked like a good vessel or whatever. Yeah. Um, it would have to be unlocked somehow or whatever. D- whatever. Like, what's her name? The assembly woman who is kind of the worst of the bunch. Maybe she <laughs> does something... Too. Or, yeah, Park Hung Ju's children do something. Whatever the case may be, it -hmm. would be more difficult than just, I watched for a long time and then I saw your dumb little powerful family and I wanted it, so I did it. Even to be like, I don't know, maybe this is getting too fantasy, perhaps, but to be like, 100 years later and this diving team is down in the ocean and they find the skeleton of Huapyang, who we know as Huapyang, but they don't, and by disturbing, like, his body, they release Park Il-Du again. And you're like, uh, 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 what a silly, <laughs> kind of spoopy ending that, like, maybe isn't... Maybe I'm not the best writer, but you see that it was locked in this vessel that was Huapyang's body until the body was disturbed once again, and then it was released again. Bum, bum, bum. But you know that at least Huapyang served his purpose of protecting his friends and his family for one lifetime. Yeah. God, that would have been pretty darn good, but I guess we'll accept that the three musketeers being back together. (laughs) And just waiting for Park Il-Du to come back. Yeah, they'll just live by the sea and be the first ones to know when he murders an entire town, so. It's just such a short timeline where he seems to come back like every 20 to 30 years. Yeah. I'm like, oh, they'll just, they'll be like 50 at that time. That's still so young to be dealing with this freaking doofus spirit for so long. Give him a break. Just Give like the next generation. Yeah, let let their kids deal with it. Go ahead, have Hua Pyong and Detective Kong have a gorgeous medium baby that can see ghosts. <laughs> the guest part two, baby takes on the demon, I guess, but don't make it come back in 20 years. Don't make come it come on. back while they're still alive. Let them pass in peace. Let them pass in peace. They've been through it. They all <laughs> lost they all lost everyone except Detective Kong was able to like keep her best friend, but she was the only one. And you know, uh I feel like I kept trying to think which which would I rather have lost? The Sunbei detective or Yukwang. And I can't pick. I would have just been so devastated either way. And it was very, very frustrating to me that Yu Guang died. Yeah. I mean, is that just a product of making new friends? Is that your old best friends have to die off so that you can truly embrace your new trifecta? 
You can't have them both. You can't have your old friend group and your new... You can't be the three dragons with a fourth dragon hanging around. <laughs> your childhood friend dragon? They have <laughs> to die. Oh, but he was such a good character. He was so wholesome that his final words were that Park il could not have his best friend. Could not have Hua Pyong. Like, okay, <sighs> Yakua. Ouch. <laughs> Oh, but I'm really, I think I cried when um, Detective Kong pulled Father Matthew out of the water and he's like, where's Hua Pyong? And then they're both like pretty devastated to be like, he's, he's gone. Like the moment that they realize and then they start yelling his name just like his mom did at the very beginning of the show, like the cyclical beauty of that just broke me and then I just kept crying so hard through them being like and his shoe floated to find Yuck Guang as his like dying wish. That was actually literally the only part that got me. I didn't cry up until that part and then uh, who was it that said the words he must have been so relieved to have found Yakwa. Kong. Yakwa. Yeah. All right, Kong. Ow. Ow. <laughs> Did you have to hurt me? Was that. I mean, I get it. You were out to hurt me. We were all thinking it. We all knew that's all he wanted. Don't say he's happy now. God, that hurts. Um, <laughs> so, kind of working backward, I will never, ever, ever, ever understand. And it's a plot device used in pretty much every K drama. That has some kind of action, murder, uh, fighting element. Is for some reason, there's this thing people do. Where they walk up to a dangerous person, demon, doesn't matter. They walk up to a danger, danger person, a danger thing. (laughs) They walk up to a danger thing. And they look the danger thing in the face and they say... I know what you are, I know what your plans are, I know what you're doing, and I'm gonna stop you. It's and it happened... a move I can't relate to. No, it happened over and over and over again <laughs> in episodes. It just continued to happen. Like, the woman who... Assemblywoman... Park. Park was trying to bribe... And instead of playing it really cool, which is what you do, you okay, a little crash course from Raquel on how to handle <laughs> a stressful situation that might result in your death. You play it cool. You start off, you say, I won't accept your bribe now, but you said you'd come back with more later. I want to know that amount. Take this money. Bring it all back together. One bribe. One money. Thank you. That way you didn't accept the bribe. But also they think you're down with the plan. Maybe maybe even accept the bribe, you know? Like, you go to jail, it's better than being dead. Yeah, but like you can set up a sting operation for when she's going to bring the next half of the bribe. Mm-hmm. Like, you... And that way, she thinks you're fully down with the plan. Just like, yes, I'm on board. I believe in what you're saying. I want the money. Give me this money and then bring back that money. Okay, thank you for coming over. Goodbye. We had such a nice talk. No one died. <laughs> it's so hard because you don't want to like victim blame. Right. And we can yeah. only do this because it's a fake show. Yes. But it just she said herself that she knew that Park Hong-ju had a dark side. It wasn't she, like she called him her reaction. Devil. Yeah. I think this lady's reaction would have been normal if she had been like, I think Park Hong-ju is a regular, very nice, like, congresswoman or assemblywoman or whatever. Um, I think she's a lady who is reasonable, and then Park Hong-ju shows up with a bunch of money, and she's like, take this money. And then you throw it, and you're like, you thief, you scum. I think that's fairly normal, but when you are fully aware that she has this tendency to go crazy on people. Why would you try and trigger that? Yeah. 
that seems needlessly dangerous. Yeah. At best. <laughs> but she was not the only one who committed this. Because <laughs> at multiple points in time, um, I think the next one that I can think of very clearly in my mind is when Father Cheekbones has decide- has finally accepted that there's something not real good about his favorite dad. Um, mm-hmm. And he goes to church, the church service, ah. and calls him out. Uh, in a way, it seems like it would have been, like, a pretty good idea because he, like, is exposing him in front of people, but at the same time, you can't just shout that someone's Park Ildo. Um, it's not gonna get you anywhere. He's way- he's in much higher favor with literally every person. He can talk his way out of that. Seems like you gotta come up with a different plan than I know who you are. Oh, that was such a difficult scene because, again, I think it was so well done. Yeah. It was so cool having them repeat the Bible verse at the same time and have it be slightly different. And you're like, oh, my God. And then you see him not eat the communion. And then freaking you want to be there with Chaeyoon walking up maybe he punches him in the face maybe that's a little bit what i wanted but it makes more (laughs) sense to be like you didn't eat that cracker this isn't wine this is just plain water like you are a fake priest but it's yeah it makes so much more sense to be like and then he gets taken away and gets put in a disciplinary council where father yoon is on the other side of the table like that makes sense as an outcome. It just really hurts to watch. Yes. Um, but once again, the, he is not the only person who makes that mistake. <laughs> because then, uh, Chiboy, Hua Pyeong, goes and finds the body of the original Park Il-Du. And he is shook understandably he just found out that his family was hiding a dark secret that his dad was right um so he had to go through the guilt of blaming his dad finding out his dad wasn't the one blaming his grandpa hating his grandpa finding out his grandpa wasn't the one watching his dad die watching his grandpa pretty much die finding out that his grandpa really was the the bad bad so you know he's been through it i get it But then to walk up to his grandpa, who he is pretty suspicious of at this point, um, he he looks at that man and he just starts telling him everything he knows and what he's planning on doing. Was that when he comes out from the backyard and his grandpa's like, prepared a meal? Yeah. Mm, I feel like that scene... I'm not going to hold it against him, because what do you freaking do when your grandpa is basically in a coma still, and then you find out his deepest, darkest secret, and you come out around the side of the house, and your grandpa's like, what's up, you want to sit for a meal? You're like, ew, okay, then we both know your park you'll do. We both know that I know that your park you'll do. What do I do except confront you? I guess (laughs) here we go. And then they enter the freaking Twilight Zone. Park Ildu gives like a 15-minute speech. We love to hear it. We get some flashbacks, which is always a good time. <laughs> we didn't have enough of those at the previously on at the beginning of every episode. Holy cow, it shows you like a little clip from every episode in those, huh? <laughs> it does. It really does. I skipped a lot of them because we watched the show so consistently, but... Yeah. Maybe it's helpful if you only watch one episode a week like a normal viewer. <laughs> but dang. Yeah, I, I can't really blame it. I'll I'll let Hua Pyeong have his because what do you do when your grandpa's like, I'm fine now? You're just like I guess we're both aware that it's time to fight. Here we go. That one was definitely the like I guess least negative outcome in the sense that it him telling Park Ildo the plan didn't change 
plan. Like, Park Hill 2 wasn't just like, oh, okay, then, well, I guess I just won't go into your body. That was weird. <laughs> that, I will say, it's a, a weird move to be like, okay, so, listen, Park Hill 2, you're gonna come into my body, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna die so that we both go down together. And Park Hill 2's like, dope, I mean, <laughs> all I've ever wanted is to is to have you be my vessel, so I guess I'm in. What, what okay. are you two doing? You're not playing <laughs> each other. I mean, I guess it was like two powerful people pretty convinced that their power was better than the other person's power. Yeah, that's fair. But still, it's a little buck wild to just reveal what's happening while it's happening. When someone can still turn around and say, actually, nah, dog, I changed my mind. <laughs> I think I'll stay in your grandpa. Thank you. Mm-hmm. He's pretty powerful, too. I've been living here for 20 years, and I've really effed everything up. So I'll sit pretty over here until you get on board with this whole evil thing. Um, I was really excited about the fact that I have been right about one prediction corner, but it was not the priest. It was that Chiboy Hua Pyong was a super powerful medium, like extremely powerful to the extent that that is why Park il couldn't possess him at the beginning. I thought it was that like he couldn't control him, though, but I'm going to mm. take it as a win. I'm going to claim that one. My yeah, w. take that one. Ooh, it was really cool. I feel like they did a lot with the whole like red herrings and throwing you off it was a it was a bit much there were a few too many misdirects but as a whole pretty cleanly came together with being like Hua Pyong is just too powerful he was never possessed it was always like his freaking grandpa took that hit for him that's pretty cute yeah what a good grandpa I mean didn't really help him in his life necessarily mm-hmm. but if he had known that Park Du couldn't possess the young man then actually it never would have been a problem technically if he had just said no take my grandkid then Park Du <laughs> couldn't have he couldn't have done it <laughs> that's the that that's where it gets you you know is that that's they never expect the demon to be lying mm. For some reason, they take everything that dude says as the God-given truth to every situation. (laughs) I mean, it's hard not to when he's such a spoopy, powerful ghost. I can't really hold it against him. We're we're not here to victim blame. (laughs) I I guess I am. I've been doing. Yeah, I've been over here victim blaming a lot tonight. Sorry, I don't. They went through it. They did not choose to go through it. There were just some pivotal moments that I would have liked to see. Just, like, a <laughs> couple different decisions. Just some less questionable choices. Yes. I think my only big hang-up with these last four episodes was the scenes where Father Yang gets the body of the witness after Hongju has killed her. And then he finds out, he buries a grave, and then he finds out she's still alive, so he chokes her to death, and then she comes back to life later, and you're like, what was the grave in the forest for? And then it turns out the driver's also still alive, but I'll give him that one, it was less clear. He didn't seem to kill the driver, but it w- and then it seemed like he was burying um, Yuk Guang, in the backyard at some point, but instead he threw him in the ocean. It was all, like I said, it was a lot of misdirects where I'm like, I guess, I <laughs> guess you did fine. Like maybe he threw Yuk Gong into the ocean and then pulled out Park Il Du's body and buried it. Well, I think Park Il Du's body was there and Yuk Gong was digging it up. And so he had to go okay. back and rebury it. He had to, like, cover up what oh. Yakuan had done. So it was just my dumb brain that thought he was burying Yakuan? 
Yeah, but like, it was kind of a weird series of events, but I am 100% with you on how strange the events surrounding him killing the woman, the witness, or not killing her, and then having, like, strangling her within an inch of her life, and then having her become possessed. I have no clue. Because she was already within an inch of her life, honestly. Just Yeah! Just possess her. Like, just possess her. Uh, you need to kill her a little bit more before you can possess her? Yeah. What? Honestly, if they had changed even the way they showed us those events, like if they had showed us her in the backyard and then flashed, I mean, I don't know, I still would have been like, oh, convenient that she wasn't dead or whatever. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know how I wanted them to handle that. Different. Because it was too much. I think if they'd shown her coughing in the bag where he's like about to bury her and And then then not strangle her? Yeah, then not (laughs) strangle her. (laughs) Then possess her and be like, oh, so he's got like a different move planned. But they're like, no, no, no. We want to show that he strangles her and then later she's still alive. You're like, no, you don't get to kill her twice and then bring (laughs) her back. You could kill her once and bring her back. Yeah. You get one. I'll allow it. Yeah. Um, I guess the driver's just gone, huh? He just died or something? He probably... Yeah, he ran in front of a truck. Oh, I don't... I didn't... I might have ten seconds skipped past that. <laughs> oh, no! Why? I Okay, so when there were scenes where it was, like, someone running from someone else or... um someone preparing for something i sometimes 10 seconds skipped every once in a while just because it was like okay a really really prime example would be when um detective park was being or detective kong excuse me was being chased by uh her sunbay detective when he was possessed Mm. and it's like her kind of just running through the woods for a minute and then like he pops up and spooks her and then she like goes and locks herself in a room and then he pops up and spooks her (laughs) and then he tells her like i'll kill you if you don't come out and it's just kind of like okay he's gonna kill her if she doesn't come out got it oh no you don't like that stuff i feel like that gets me so into the drama yeah i am more about the like little psychological creeps than I am about the like big like I'm gonna get you ones <laughs> like mm. I'm coming for you. That's not as big to me as just like a, I've been following you the whole time. Gets me. Like by the way, I was watching you when you did this. That freaks me out. <laughs> but yeah, the chase scenes. I'm always like, okay, well he's gonna get her. Oh no, that's so crazy to me. I feel like I can't watch a full youtube video without skipping through it but it is very hard for me to skip in a k-drama i just want every second yeah that's fair sometimes i can't i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) yeah he ran in front of a truck he uh had a face-off with matthew on the bridge and was like uh i'm gonna get you exactly like you said (laughs) Uh, he says like you can't exercise me because this would be number three and you can't waste your last exorcism power on me and then he runs into traffic consider it is that that too inappropriate to say (laughs) I I mean I don't know it's like a weird this whole show was a little bit off yeah that driver was kind of a bad dude anyway, though, because he was the one that tried to kill Detective Ko. Was um, he? Yeah. Because I knew pretty... they switched drivers, and I honestly couldn't really tell them apart. So I uh, thought he was the new guy that had only been there like a day. You might be right. He might have been the new driver. Um, I kind of just assumed it was the old one that they brought back because it had been like a day. <laughs> It would be nice. I mean, I feel like the new driver was really just like, hey, I'm just a driver. I have nothing to do with this. And the old driver was like, you want me to follow Detective Kong? Okay, I'm going to break into her apartment and stab a cop. (laughs) And you're like, hey, bud, you're a lot. No one asked you to do that. Like, any, even the crazy woman who murders people didn't ask you to do that. So, 
you might be the bad guy. You might be the bad guy. I hope it was you that got possessed at the end. Sorry if that's a little bit rough as a punishment, but you seem a little bit broken. Never step, Co. Mm-mm. He's a good man. He's a good man. Who we've I... seen before. Yeah. And we're going to see more of. Mm-hmm. He's popping up everywhere. I took me a while to recognize him because his hair's blonde in this show. And it's usually dark in every other show. But I think for my January blog post, I watched a spooky movie called The Call, which I keep meaning to tell you to watch because it's a lot like Layers of Fear. Oh, I love that game. Right? It's probably my favorite horror game. So spooky and psychological and very trippy. And yeah, this movie had a lot of those aspects. It's not like the best horror movie ever made. But I think you'd like it. And he plays the dad of the main character in that. That's actually exciting. I will definitely watch it. I'm always down for horror. I was in charge of picking a movie the other night to watch. And uh, just as I was getting ready to pick something, my boyfriend just said, not horror. And I was like, oh, no. fine. So I'll have to watch it alone by myself. There. It's, yeah, it's similar to The Guest in that it's, a bit brutal at some points. I don't think I will sleep well for the next few nights after watching a lady carve her hand off with a little pocket knife or a box cutter. Oh yeah, that was rough. That was maybe one of the most... I will still always be a little bit more upset by the man getting pelted in the head with a rock, but... A heavy rock. Um, But... Mm -hmm. Hers was the second most upsetting for me. Okay. I think for me, number one was hers. Number two was Father Cheekbones ripping his skin off. Oh, yeah. In the dream sequence, because you don't know what the sound is for such a long time. You're just like, ooh, what a gross sound. (laughs) And then they're like, it's the sound of him ripping his own skin off. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, thanks for that. Okay, wish I hadn't paid attention as closely as I have been. Uh, <laughs> Turn that volume ten. down. Just read. <laughs> Just read the subtitles. <laughs> it's like subtitled, like, ripping noise. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. We're going to make a top ten worst moments of this show that can be part of the bonus episode we can just be like Mm -hmm. okay what parts made you nauseous top 10 here we (laughs) go and the number one yeah we'll make that list so that if you listen to our bonus episode first you can know which parts to 10 seconds (laughs) skip through god should we like pinpoint where all of the top 10 worst parts are be like in episode five (laughs) that's a lot of work Someone eats his own hand off. <laughs> uh, every eye stab will yeah. have to be just one on the list. Yeah, okay, so there's an eye stab at this time marker of this episode and this time marker of this episode. <laughs> if we were kinder people, we would do it. I'm sorry, we're, I'm just going to say right now, I'm not going to do that. No, yeah, no way. Um, I feel like a lot of our listeners have either watched this because they are dark and broken like we are and uh, can probably handle it for the most part, or they didn't watch it, and if they are currently listening to this, they decided we would be the ones to tell them about it, in which case this episode has probably been such a trip, completely buck wild, (laughs) off the walls. We're going from moment to moment, but in the weirdest possible way. And we yeah, have not, not consistently named anyone except Hua Pyong. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, we even knew. We've gotten listener emails that have already said, hey, I'm going to skip that show, but I'll listen to your episodes. <laughs> we did you dirty on this one. Yeah. Um. I think at one point I referred to Father Young as Father Cheekbone's favorite dad. So <laughs> that's where we're at. Are are bad. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you even know who Father Cheekbones is? If you haven't been watching the show, he's the main character. He's obviously the main character. 
you don't have to watch this show, but go watch him in her private life. It's very good. He has nice cheekbones in that one, too. Mm-hmm. Oh. But better fashion. Yes. Oh, the suits. Um, I had something to say, but I can't remember it. Whoops. <laughs> I'll think of it. I'll just read my notes like a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like a normal person that we all took notes because we're all normal here. I took the worst <laughs> notes because I was, I knew I'd remember a lot of it because yeah. I watched the last three episodes yesterday. But episode 13 I watched a week ago thinking <laughs> that we were going to record a week ago. <laughs> so that one don't remember very much of. Oh my god. The beginning of episode 13 was them capturing Ko? Yeah. <laughs> doing that exorcism? Are you kidding me? I did think they were going to accidentally drown him. Mm, I didn't think that. I believe in the power of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I have to edit that, I think. I have to edit that one out. You can try. <laughs> I have to keep talking over it. Um, I mean, who's to say I don't? But I just forgot, because that feels like nine years ago compared to the finale. <gasps> I remember what I was going to say. It's so stupid. I'm so sorry. <laughs> There's so much buildup. Um, I was going to say, did you kind of want or maybe a little bit expect... Detective Kong and Father Cheekbones to hold hands at Hua Pyeong's one-year memorial. I was ready for them to... I was ready for him to give up his place in the clergy and marry her, honestly. So that's where my dumb, broken brain is at. He's like a really devout Christian, a really devout Catholic priest who performs exorcisms and respect his position in the church i don't know why i wanted him to give up literally the last thing he had but i really <laughs> thought that he would just be like you know what after everything i went through i had to separate myself from everything that happened by leaving the church and i fell in love with my best friend and we're married and we're going to have a child with the most gorgeous bone structure and smile in history thank you a very tall child. I think those two are both also gigantic. Yeah. Beautiful, spindly baby. <laughs> um, I know, it, I think it's different from church to church. I have no idea about the Catholic Church, but I think some priests can get married. I think the Catholic Church says nah dog. Um, nah dog to their priests? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. All right. Catholicism says no to their priests, um, but yes, there are. It does vary from church to church for sure on which leaders can get married and which are not supposed to. Okay, I mean it's a surprise that he didn't get kicked out, anyways. Yeah, I feel like that was something that was making me nervous during the finale. The final four episodes was him continually chasing Yang around while. Father Young was being super psychotic. And even after Young went crazy and stole an ambulance and kidnapped a person, I kind of thought the clergy would be like, he lost his mind, but that still doesn't give you the right to break out of our little prison cell that we put you in and like track hunt him down like we still can't say for sure that he was possessed because we never saw any of that so we can't support you in prioritizing his exorcism over our ruling so you're still kicked out but like i guess good job if you want to live with your choices yeah i though i also can kind of understand that they took uh father young's opinion of what was going on almost as evidence against Choyun. So mm. it kind of feels like a little also like again, I agree that like it wouldn't have been a surprise. Like I wouldn't I would have expected them to still be like, eh, bye. Um but with how much he spoke up and they were like based on Father Young saying this about you and that you did this, we're gonna go ahead and like put you in the penalty box. 
The church penalty box. The church penalty box. It's a better name for it than whatever I said. <laughs> but I think when they were locking him in the room, they were like, it'll be better if you think of this as jail. Don't think of it as a timeout. Yeah. It is prison. We're putting you in prison. That way you'll really suffer if you think of it as <laughs> suffering. We want you to, by the way. Yes. Um, thanks. What? Um, but yeah, I think because they were using Father Young's word as as evidence, it does kind of stand to reason that they were like, oh, actually he might like be out of his mind and we can't use his word against you as much anymore. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Either way. Also, okay. How do you feel about the fact that Father Young was not ever possessed? I mean, similarly to what we felt when we found out Park Hong-ju wasn't possessed, where it's a little bit disappointing. It feels like a bit much, a bit of a stretch as far as red herrings go. And I wasn't clear on when things changed because Park Il-do was like, he had darkness inside of him and that's what made me drawn to him. And then he's like fighting the grandpa in the church and he's like desperately reaching for his cross. Like, this is where I want to be. I want to be part of the church. I want to be good, even if there's darkness inside of me. And you're like, isn't that kind of the religious experience is being like, I want to be good, even if I feel like I'm a bad person. And then they're like, oh, but for the rest of the show, for the whole time that you know him, he turned to the dark side. And I don't see where that transition happened. Yeah, I think it's really, really frustrating, um, especially when they describe him as like a pious man, even if he had a darkness about him, like he really believed. And so it's hard for me. With Park Hong-ju, it was a lot easier for me to believe that sometimes people are, you know, depending on whatever life circumstances set them up to be a certain way. Um, and then they can still choose. I still think a lot of people who commit terrible, horrible crimes like murder have a choice leading up to that. Um, murder of like an innocent deaf teenage girl who, uh, freaking all she did was like not know what you wanted from her, uh, cause you didn't tell her. (laughs) Um, anyway, all, all that aside, like, um, with Park Hong-ju, it was kind of like, well, she was just a bad person, you know? She grew up with few consequences for her actions anyway and was had a short fuse. So yeah. she was kind of always bound to be pretty dark. But with Father Young, it was a little bit harder for me to be like, okay, so a man who, I mean, he ties back into this original story, which is cool, like really interesting. Um, I, I liked it. And yeah, it was that created. was really well done. The family tree, chef's kiss. Perfect. Yeah. Where it kind of got me was it was like, okay, that family wasn't bad. It was just the one the dad got possessed. His unborn son was born and lived part of his life, like much of his life, most of his life as someone in the church. And then all of a sudden it's just, yeah, no, he was a Bad guy all along. Bad guy. He didn't mind going along with all the murder schemes. He was down. He was ready. Here for it. Totally ready. He, he was a church guy who wanted the devil to do murder and help him. What? <laughs> I mean, I guess, but... <laughs> Which is not to say I don't think, like, priests can be bad people. They definitely 100% can, and they can abuse their power... I think it was just that they did not set him up as that character before mm-hmm. that. They set him up as, like, an angry man, but pious. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, but also here for the demon work. Yeah. Why? Yeah, it's a little bit loose. But I'm trying to think, at the end of the show they showed like a message from the writers that was like, we just wanted this show to serve as a reminder that humans are the cause of most of the evil in this world. So 
I guess, watch your back. No, <laughs> I think it was just like, don't spend your time worrying about demons. Spend your time trying to be the best person that you can be in cultivating the good inside of you and in, inside of others and all that. I don't think it was that long. It was, they said it a lot more concisely. <laughs> but um, I can see that with Father Young's character. It just wasn't quite as clear as I think it could have been. And that was frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. It just didn't, it didn't come across quite as well. Yeah. Where it was like, cause every other person, it was, they were possessed because they had darkness. They were upset with about their abusive mom or they were upset because their boyfriend had been bullied out of his job and into suicide and you know, like, really painful things that you can see why that would kind of breed a darkness inside of a good person, you know? Yeah. I, I liked that narrative where it was it was saying these people are good, but circumstance has weakened their resolve to goodness. And yeah. then that's where bad takes advantage. That's where evil takes advantage is when that resolve is is weakened and i loved that narrative and if they had somehow tied it i honestly think they could have if they had said he was possessed by a lesser demon but it just became like a full possession because they were never really clear i thought that a lesser demon could do a full possession but the only person they ever talked about it maybe being a full possession was with park hong ju and it they thought it was park il do that had possessed her yeah so I maybe I'm unclear on the rules. Maybe lesser demons cannot do a full possession to the extent that they could touch a cross or whatever. It just kind of mm-hmm. seemed when they described it that that was possible. And I think it would have been more interesting if they had said, yeah, there was darkness in him just the same as everyone else. And he was possessed. He was just possessed for so long that he lost himself. Yeah. And I get that maybe part of that they would have had to explain the transition from a a light possession to a full possession where he's a father in a church and suddenly he stops being able to even look at the cross or touch his Bible or do all of the duties that are expected of him before he's fully possessed. And they're like, no, we cannot explain that period of time so... Let's skip the whole possession thing and just go with evil. But it felt like there needed to be a transition there as well that wasn't there. They were just like, he's trying to be good. He's a man that fought the darkness inside of him for his whole life until Saturday. And then he was evil. (laughs) You're like, what? Why? I don't know. Hmm. But as much as much as I complain, the show got me. I think that's why I'm able to complain about it. Is to be like, I was so into all of it. Every second that I watched it. Even Jason was like, Are you so excited to be done with this so you can watch like a much more lighthearted, fun K drama? Are you tired of this? And I was like, I'm not, because I am so fully immersed in this spooky universe and it's such a break from reality there is no aspect of this that is at all reminiscent of my real life so it's a complete escape from reality for such a while and I loved that about this show yeah you are so right I was thinking about that too that it wasn't ever the darkness or the horror that ever like when I talk about 10 seconds skipping and stuff, that was never what I couldn't handle. It was always just like the little in-between moments that actually a lot of K-dramas have. I just Mm. have like a weird patience level depending on what drama it is. (laughs) But uh, this, it was so unique. And we talked about it in the first episode, but it was really kind of the first of its kind. The first horror that dealt with these kind of deeply religious aspects and exorcism and everything. And it it is such a break from reality. And I love horror for that because 
usually when I watch horror, it's because I'm in a good mood. It, honestly, like I, I think that it's fun fantasy when I'm in a good mood and I'm I'm ready to just kind of explore the darkness with no uh-huh. reminiscence of what's going on with me. And um, so, yeah, I loved it, too. And I'm really glad we watched it. And I hope people watched it with us. Um, I don't know if we've talked about it a whole lot in our recordings. We probably have. I can- honestly can't remember. But we kind of felt like we'd lose some people with this one. So if you've stuck with us to the finale, dope. Yeah, thank you. If you've even skipped the episodes and listened to our podcast, appreciate it. We love you for that. That's amazing. But if you did actually watch this show, we'd be super curious just to hear that you watched it, but also to hear what you thought of it. Did you like it as much as we did? Or were you like, this was trash garbage. I hated this show. (laughs) I'm... I want to know. Yeah, I tell really, us. really liked it. Yeah, same. Um, there's a couple places you can tell us. If you want to tell us all the details, you can email us at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to give us a little short review and just say, hey, I watched that too. We are on Twitter at playonk or on Instagram at playonkpodcast. Yeah, or we... Uh, you can comment on our episodes on our website, or there's a bunch of stuff you can do on our website. Our affiliate link is there. You can check out who's affiliated with us. Uh, it's Blueberry, NordVPN. Um, check them out. They're awesome. And people usually, especially like a VPN, people are stoked to have that. It's going to be mm-hmm. real, real good. Um, and that's all at playonk.com. Yeah. And finally, if you liked our show, if you've been listening... We would love a rating and review that helps people find our show. Other K-drama listeners who are looking for a K-drama podcast to listen to. So anywhere like Stitcher or iTunes or mm, other places that you listen to podcasts. (laughs) We would so, so appreciate it and give you a big thanks on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for listening, and uh, if you watched it, thanks for watching this drama along with us, and we will see you next week for the bonus episode.